when we get down to his house on, in Rittenhouse Square, we get in there, we figure going there, his nickname was Fast Eddie, you make a fast dollar. So we'd have money, and each of us would have enough money to go to movies and get popcorn, and then afterwards we'd hustle some more pedophiles. When we get there, there's 30 kids in this guy's living room, and he's like a doctor's office. Welcome to this episode of the Human Monsters Podcast. Warning, this episode is not for listeners with weak stomachs. Graphic descriptions of sexual acts, some of which incorporate statutory rape and scatological details, are contained within. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Envision a scenario that goes something like this. It is somewhere between the years of 1971 and 1992. You live in Philadelphia. It's Friday afternoon and you're a restless teenage boy. You live in an indigent neighborhood and would be labeled as at risk by social workers and psychologists. Relieved to be free of school for the weekend, you're dying for something to do that doesn't just involve hanging out with your friends, loitering or watching them play Space Invaders at the arcade. Wouldn't it be nice to earn some pocket money somewhere? You could buy beer, pot, or some cigarettes. Maybe get some pizza and play some video games. How about tickets to a rock concert? A football game, maybe. There is a guy known alternately as Uncle Ed, Fast Eddie, and Dr. Feelgood, who could hook you up. He's into some weird sex shit, though. He might ask you to do things like slam his dick in a drawer or sell your dirty underwear to him. You may have been referred by a friend of yours who will get a finder's fee. That or Uncle Ed may have picked you out from your high school's yearbook as if you were a catalog item. The man's real name is Ed Savitz. He is an actuary for an insurance company and lives in a high-rise located in an affluent section of town. This type of incident occurred for about 21 years as Ed Savitz, Philadelphia's premier pervert, laid the groundwork for his reputation as the city's worst sexual deviant. Exploiting minors to gratify himself sexually, few would argue that he qualifies as a human monster. Edward Isidore Savitz was born on February 22, 1942, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He was one of four sons of Paul and Anne, both Russian Jewish immigrants. His parents owned and operated an amusement arcade in downtown Philadelphia. Ed Savitz attended West Philadelphia High School and was not only ranked first in his class, but was voted most likely to succeed. He even won a full scholarship to study economics at the University of Philadelphia, though he dropped out after his second year of study. He studied at Temple University's Graduate School of Music, but dropped out once again after two years. In 1963, he married his high school sweetheart, Judith Widman. They divorced ten years later. Free of the restrictive presence of his wife, Savitz utilized his newfound privacy to indulge in his attraction to teenage boys. 
For their compensation, boys would engage in one or more of the following. Oral sex. Anal sex. Slamming Savitz's penis in a door. Giving him a pair of soiled underwear. Shitting in a pizza box. Shitting directly into Savitz's mouth through a potty chair with the receptacle removed. The boys were instructed to eat more cheese, as this apparently made the feces taste better, according to Savitz. They also engaged in penis sword fights. They pissed on Savitz. They pissed in Savitz, his mouth that is. They vomited in his mouth. Child sex trafficking victim Greg Bucciaroni describes his association and experiences with Ed Savitz, which also brought him into contact with Jerry Sandusky. Eddie Savitz was his philanthropist. He was supposed to be working with uh, these, this uh, South Philly Boys Club to work with mentors at rich boys. And at first it started out with the, like that, and he took us to Penn State games and Great Adventure and Eagles games and Phillies games. And, you know, kind of took us out. Everything was starting to normal. Uh, and then he used other kids to come up and kind of talk us to these parties. Now, at first I said, well, you know, what kind of parties are these? And they said, oh, you go there, you know, they're going to let you smoke weed, drink. There'll be girls there. We could go skinny dipping, watch some porn. So, you know, girls going to be there? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I was 12 years old, and, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't experienced with girls, but I did a lot of thinking about it in the bathroom with penthouse magazines and Playboy magazines, so I wanted to take it to the next level. So uh, I went with these parties, and uh, at first everything started out innocent, and then as the party would go on, you'd go skinny dipping, and the girls would come in, the other kids. This is after we're watching porn and kind of a little high and buzz mm-hmm. from alcohol and marijuana. And... While we're wrestling, they would come into the pool, Eddie Savitz and some of his other philanthropist friends, and they get in the pool, and they're horse playing, but we're all naked. And as I'm feeling, I'm saying, this kind of like, I'm feeling weird about a guy naked wrestling with me with his penis up against mm-hmm. my butt side or my leg or, or you know, whatever. And everyone said, oh, it's cool, cool, cool. And, hey, it's no harm. It's all, you know, we're just playing around. And so I kind of let it go, and then I felt weird about it. But the more you started doing drugs and alcohol, the less weird I got. Yeah. That we got money, sneakers, clothes, got out of trouble. Yeah. They used to go to the schools and sign us out, and then we would go out and just get high, and and you know everything yeah. was you know pretty much it, it looked like you know if you were a kid and you were and this is a fire, they definitely were pouring gasoline on a fire. Yeah. In the pool, he was bumping and grinding on me. He didn't. You know, he grabbed my, my private parts a couple times, and, you know, he says, oh, I'm sorry, we're wrestling. Everything looked okay, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel okay. Yeah, yeah. And I knew something was going on because this was unnatural for naked boys. If it was a girl, yeah, yeah sure, yeah, yeah. but not two guys. I'm not gay. Uh, you know, and, I, I, and what happened, it, 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 I, you know, it looked like he was bumping and grinding on me. Mm-hmm. And, but I let it go, and then I said, well, I'm not going to go to these parties because I felt weird afterwards when I sobered up. And, but then everyone started going to Great Adventure and having these bicycles and, you know, gold chains and money in their pocket, and, and I wasn't. So they, he used other kids to mm-hmm. coerce me and some of my friends. Come on, let's go back, and, you know, it, it, everything's cool, man. Nobody's got to know about it. And then it got into the touchy-touchy, and after a while, you said, well, F it. You know, I want these things. I want to go to Great Adventure. Yeah. I want a new pair of sneakers. I want money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. 
So you start doing little things, and little things, the more you do it, the more dehumanized you get, and then that's where the drugs and alcohol increase. Mm -hmm. And then as you become more dehumanized, what was going on is you allowed them to do more and more things. And then at some point you wake up, you look in the the mirror, and you realize you don't see yourself. You see yourself as some type of degenerate monster. And, you know, it's not the kid I'd hoped to be. It's the kid I became. You know, it was weird. And I definitely felt dehumanized. Uh, but I would say, because there's times where I walk away from saying doing that stuff no more. I'm sure. Well, initially, the parties, it was just philanthropists and teachers and lawyers types. And then as it went on, the parties, you, they would take you to places in Manhattan. Atlantic City was just starting with the casinos. Uh, we did a lot in resorts international. <clears throat> they used to have, uh, make us wait outside and they would have the Union League. Really? Well, we weren't allowed in there, but yeah. we'd wait outside, and they'd take us to the movie theaters, or on Chestnut Street was loaded with movie theaters, and Center City was a arcades and mm-hmm. stuff, buy us ice cream. And we'd wind up at 13th and Spruce, which was the Parker Hotel. It's still there today. Mm-hmm. We used to call that Pedophile Central, because even if you didn't find any of these guys and you wanted to hustle, mm-hmm. and say, I couldn't find Eddie Savage yeah, yeah. or any of his friends, I would just stand out there, and eventually uh, some... Dirty old man would come by, pick us up, and either going to the... We had rooms in there, and we'd take them inside the room, or we'd do something in their car. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd flip a coin. Am I going to rob this guy or not rob him? Because a lot of times, we would... You know, these guys have money. So what we'd do is we'd tell them, oh, come down this way, go down that way. And then when the guy went there, we robbed him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, not the best thing to do, Mm -hmm. but it was the thing to do in the mind when you're a 12-year-old kid, a 13-year-old kid, and you're on drugs and alcohol. We were going to Penn State games, and before we, I, I, I heard a lot about Coach Jerry. We didn't call him Shane Dusky. He was Coach Jerry this, Coach Jerry that. This guy used to bring kids down from, uh, we used to call Jerry's kids, and it turned out the kids from the Second Mile Charity. And they would come to the Phillies games and the Eagles games and the Army-Navy games. And sometimes we would have events in Wildwood, New Jersey, this and that, they, great adventure. So they'd take them. So we always were combative with those kids. And why, what wind up happening was they would, excuse me, they would take you down to these things, and I would, uh, they kept talking about Coach Jerry. So in 1978, they'd take me to, I don't know at the time, I'm at a Penn State football game. I'm there to meet a guy named Scott. And I was living in New Jersey at the time, and uh, living in Blackwood, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and they said, look, we're going to go there, and you can make a couple bucks, and he wants you to do something with you. So I said, well, you know, money's money. I need some drugs anyway. Let me go do this. And we, we drive up. took a long time. It was couple, probably about two hours, three hours past Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. We get down yeah, there. And we're at this game, and I'm already buzzed. You know, they gave me some uh, pills, prescription pills to kind of calm me down because sometimes I'd be nervous, especially if it's a new guy and I don't know the guy. I don't know his intentions. Savage, yes. Eddie Savage. Sometimes his friends would give us pills, but mainly he was the mm-hmm. one. And I get down there, and I meet a guy, and his name was uh, Scott. It turned out to be Lawrence Scott Ward. He was um, just new to the area, and mm-hmm. he wanted to be a professor with the University of Pennsylvania with uh, Wharton School of Business. Mm-hmm. And um, so I met him, and there was a gentleman next to him, and I didn't know who he was. He looked like a football coach. That later on discovered to be Jerry Sandusky. Mm-hmm. Um, I meet Scott Ward. And uh, we go to the game. There was a little after party afterwards. Then we drive back down to um, uh, a party 
and this is in 1978 at the Parker Hotel at 13th and Spruce because he lived in the uh, Office City Line Ave. So came down there and uh, at some point we're at this party and I'm getting more drugs and I don't remember passing out but I do remember waking up and at, at, when I woke up I had realized I was in a different room naked and that uh, my rectum was bleeding. Mm -hmm. And at some point, I, he told me, I, and it hurt. And uh, I'd never done that. I'd done yeah. other things, but not yeah. that. But, uh, you know, so there was, you know, that's the first time I officially met Sandusky. Then later on, we went to all the state game, Penn State games. Uh, and then in 1979, we were prohibited from going to Penn State games because we always fist fought with those Jerry's kids, uh, the kids from the Second mm -hmm. Mile Charity. So I wind up going to... They had uh, fundraisers at the Second Mile Charity. When we get there, he schmoozes in because there's people there. It's, it's mm -hmm. a legitimate function. It's yeah, a fundraiser, yeah. but there's illegitimate people there, mm -hmm. too, with yeah. their own agenda. So I sit back. It's me, Eddie Savitz, Sandusky. Uh, I believe Scott Wood was there. Um, that news rep reporter, um, Bill Collin, he, he was a, a, the sports writer mm -hmm. for the uh, Daily News. Okay. He was there, um, Sam Rappaport was there, the real estate developer, and this guy called Coach Phil. And Coach Phil later on turns out to be Coach Phil Phil Gallietta, and he was the uh, football coach for uh, a, a prep school in Brooklyn, New York called Poly Prep. But we know him, we were introduced as Coach Phil. So, well, anyway, Sandusky, Eddie Savage, was, we were supposed to do a thing called kid swapping, which is child sex trafficking. What happens is, if Sandusky came to Philly, he'd bring some kids. He'd bring kids and they'd swap with kids. the host and vice versa. So we go up there, Sandusky and Eddie Savage introduced me to Coach Phil. And Coach Phil's willing. He, he lives in Brooklyn, New York. However, he's familiar with Philadelphia and his cousin was uh, in the politics. So uh, he, he follows us back to the Parker Hotel in 79 and he pays myself and this other kid uh, $200 altogether. We got 100 bucks each. And he went in there and we, and we did yeah. sexual things with him. Then he made the mistake of falling asleep. And while he was asleep, we robbed him. Yeah. We stole his wallet, his, his watch. He had a gold watch and, and we left and left him there. We figured we'd never see Good this guy. So he, when he left Philadelphia, he left empty-handed. When we went to these different events, and whether it was Manhattan, Atlantic City, whoever the host of the event was, uh, you know, the rule was, the thumb was, you bring some kids, and I'll let you play with my kids, you play with mine. Now, Eddie Savage, he used to tell me, I, I, did, I was very tight with him uh, between 1976 and 1980. And he used to say that by, because I used to think, like, how many penises can this guy suck and swallow? I mean, he would have kids, if it's 24 hours a day, this guy would give oral sex to kids 24 hours a day. And I used to think in the back of my mind, how much can he suck? Sure. Eddie Savage told me that at the, what he was doing it because it was his fountain of youth. He thought by taking this, he was stealing our youth. Ironically, sorry. it's that youth that wind up killing them in the end. And uh, I used to say urinating in the wind, but... Savitz mostly selected boys from the Gray's Ferry neighborhood and came into possession of a St. John Newman High School yearbook. He circled the pictures of boys who he found most appealing and promised referral fees to any boy who could bring the individuals to him. 
Neighbors often complained about how Savitz had these boys coming to his apartment at varied hours, day and night. The boys were described mostly as heavy metal types. It was not uncommon for the boys to encounter the sight of several other boys waiting in Savitz's living room, as if by appointment. When confronted by his neighbors, Savitz told them he was a social worker and was helping the boys. Sometimes Savitz would pay the boys to perform non-sexual acts, like the assembly of furniture and other odd jobs. From 1971 to 1992, Savitz amassed a collection of 5,000 photos of nude boys. It was not stated on the record if Savitz took photos of his visitors or if they were purchased articles of child pornography obtained from an external source, though many of the photos were of boys Savitz had defiled. The young men who were paid by Savitz to render their services noted that they were neither pressured nor coerced into participating. Savitz's first brush with the law came in 1978. He was charged with indecent assault. After completing a rehabilitation program, his record was expunged. In 1990, he was charged for purchasing a pair of soiled underwear from a minor, but he was found not guilty. Savitz's arrest in 1992 followed a six-month investigation by Philadelphia's Sex Crime Unit. By early March, investigators had gathered enough evidence to install a wiretap and hidden video camera in his home. On March 25th, detectives witnessed on the video feed Savitz offering money to two 15-year-old boys for oral sex. Police arrested him immediately. Savitz was charged with involuntary deviate sexual intercourse, sexual abuse of children, indecent assault, and corrupting the morals of a minor. After a detailed search of Savitz's apartment and his storage facility nearby, police found the 5,000 photos of naked boys and 312 bags of soiled underwear. In addition to these were dozens of pizza boxes containing feces deposited by boys. Savitz tested positive for HIV a year before his arrest, but continued to have unprotected sex with underage boys. This caused widespread panic among the boys who had sexual contact with him. AIDS hotlines were flooded with calls after Savitz's photo was disseminated to the public. Savitz's bail was set at $3 million and he was released. The following day, bail was reset at $20 million after complaints lodged by two teenage boys were validated. He was taken back to jail. On March 27, 1993, a week before the beginning of his trial, Ed Savitz died of complications from AIDS in a prison hospice. I'm going to close with a segment about Ed Savitz on the Howard Stern Show from 1992. Stern interviews three callers from Philadelphia that were exploited by Savitz as teens. This is the Human Monsters Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. Is this the dude? Howard. Dude, you're on the air. How you doing? All right, now you're from Philly? Well, I'm from South Jersey, actually. Okay, and how did you meet Uncle Ed? Uh, well, I got a couple friends that live in Philly. I'm originally from there, and, uh, you know, the, words, the word was around that... Are you really hot looking? <laughs> Actually, no, I'm kind of fat. <laughs> fat? But, uh, a big diaper. Yeah, how but, old were you at the time? Let me, let me tell you something. First off, that we, uh, I didn't do anything, we didn't do anything sexual with the right. guy. You're not, are you a homo? Oh, no, not at all. 
but it was an easy way to get cash Friday night. I mean, we go over there oh. and. Uh, but look at all these guys who want yeah, cash. Everybody wanted money from I would have been scared. No, because there was nothing to it. See, he lived in a another thing. He didn't live in a row house. He was oh. in a really nice place. Now, how did really? you make contact with the guy? All right. Well, a friend of mine, Tom. Yeah. He, uh, he actually went there first. Like, he had been going there for like a year. Right. And uh, he told me about it one night. We were we were sitting around drinking beers, and uh, we went over there. And so he said, "Hey, let's go over to see this guy, Uncle Ed." Did you guys call him Uncle Ed? <laughs> we didn't call. Did you guys ever hear of collecting pop bottles uh, to make extra money? Yeah, that's right. That was a big thing years ago. Or selling. Um, you Grit. didn't get an allowance? <laughs> yeah. Diapers I wasted all my life. I got it cleaned up. Hey, I would have taken a dump for Uncle Ed for well, a couple of bucks. Yeah. Let's listen to his All right, yes, actually, that's true. Let's, get, let's listen to the testimony. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Actually, my friend Tom did take a dump for him. Oh, gee. Oh, yeah? Well, wait, well, wait you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. 45 bucks. So, like, what do you... Like, are you in... To is Tom a good-looking guy? <laughs> Tom's a good-looking guy, yeah. And, like, how tall is he? <laughs> <laughs> you know. He's about 5'11", I guess. You guess? Would Uncle Ed pay extra for corn? We <laughs> <laughs> used to make jokes about that, too, Howard. So, like, you guys are, like, 15-year-old guys? No, we were actually, like, 17, 18. Right. And, and Tommy is, like, is he kind of slight and... <laughs> actually, yes. Is he blonde, Sandy Blonde? <laughs> he is Sandy Blonde. I can't with, believe it. With brown time. eyes? Uh, I think he has blue eyes. Oh, oh boy. Close, <laughs> A huh? dream walking. Mm, Robin. <laughs> Be still. So is Tommy homosexual? No, nah, Tom's straight, too. See, All right. So how did Tommy hook up? Well, him, calm down. Well, how did Tommy hook up with Uncle Ed? Well, I guess I don't really know for sure how he. So, so, you, so Tommy's having beers with you. He says, "Hey, do you want to go over to this guy's house and sell no. our underwear?" No, no, so let's go over yeah. to uh, well, no. <laughs> And wouldn't you have been nervous about Tommy bringing up like selling his underwear to some well, dude? Well, no, because see, everybody knew about Ed. Right. I mean, he the guy was actually a nice guy, believe it or not. <laughs> I mean, he was weird. Uh, oh, I believe it. It was weird. It was very, very weird. Now, but uh, well, is there anyone in this room who disagrees? This wouldn't be an excellent sitcom plot. <laughs> uh, Come yeah, on, be honest. No, no, I, I like the I like the star sitcom. of this one. Yeah, a sitcom. Go on. All right. Story. I, I might option this story. Fight, yeah, <laughs> I'm optioning this story. Is any does Uncle Ed have an agent? <laughs> <laughs> he has lots of lawyers. Well, he'll probably write a book now. I might option it. Oh, that's great. I mean, for a serious uh, docudrama. Howard, i got a pretty <laughs> funny story. All right, dude. Well, you, uh, yeah, I'd like to hear Tom. what happened. Everyone's in a rush. My friend Tom, he uh, he took a dump for Ed. Well, wait, wait, wait. Back up. So you get in your car and you go over to see... Uncle Ed. Uncle Ed. Actually, yeah, we walked over there, yeah. Okay, you walk over. Yeah, it was just a couple And months. you knock on the door and, and, like, what's this guy wearing? Well... What it was, you'd have to get buzzed in by the doorman. Right. And uh, I get, and he would, we go up there, and he would be, you know, wearing clo his clothes and everything. Is he a good-looking guy? No, actually, he was old. You know, it was Howard. It was, a, it was a money-making thing. All right, and you go in, and he said, and what does he say to you? He'd be like, "How you doing?" Uh, so and so, blah blah. He wouldn't really say much, Howard. He was, he was very weird. He was. Uh, I mean, he would just very—he would like stare at you. Really? But you wouldn't have to—you didn't have to take your, your uh, underwear off even in front of him. Right. You oh, could yeah. go in the bathroom. And His head it. would explode. And uh, <laughs> he'd be like, uh, like scanners. Yeah. <laughs> His head would just blow up. Too much pressure. Oh yes, Tommy, who's your friend? <laughs> so you and Tommy are there, and he goes. So how does the how does the transaction go down? Well, there, there was uh, you just gave him your underwear and he give you money like it. No bargaining. Gee, that's no, terrific. Not at all. It was, hey Pat, put your hand down my pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much is the underwear going for these? Well, days? like sometimes fifteen bucks, sometimes twenty five bucks. So you walk in and you're supposed to know that like he says go in the other room. 
and take off your underpants? Well, some people would take them off in front of them. Right. And uh, some people wouldn't. Right. So you said, hey, I'm going in the other room. Yeah, I did. And the guy would say to you, do you want to give me your underpants? <laughs> uh, well, he'd ask for other things, too. Like? He, like, you know, sex. Right. He wanted to have sex with you. And you'd say no. But if you say no, he didn't, he didn't push it. Right. He was, uh, you know, he was... He was really wimpy, and I'm kind of a big guy, so right. there wasn't much. So, you, so he says to you, "I would like your, un I'd like to buy your, un I'd like to purchase your underpants." <laughs> something like that, yeah. And so then you walk into another. Weren't you afraid he like lock you in and chop you up or something? <laughs> well, I, I was at first, but then uh, you know, like I just. Found guy's out, a total like, stranger, Robin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't believe you're taking your underwear in front of this guy. And you know he probably had a video camera somewhere. He's probably a real fruit of the loom. What is it, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you want to talk about or show like the scope of this guy's work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's another guy on the line right there who almost identical incident except 1971. Ooh, wow. so it's many years. Uh, you know Uncle what, Robin? Eddie. Robin, you've obviously untapped <laughs> with your coverage of this story. You've untapped a wealth of uh, information here. Be for a, a, a Kudos to you, <laughs> yeah, Pat. I know you're into it. I'm into everything here. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Dumping so I tell you what, can I put you on hold? Let me take a break, and we can get both you guys on. Sure. All right. All right. All right, so the guy who we were just talking to, so you're in the apartment, and then Uncle Ed says he wants, he just he just comes out with it, and he says, I want to buy me, buy your underwear. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he would, you know, he'd tell you, ask, ask you how much that you wanted, and we'd just tell, we'd tell him, like, we'd say we needed 25 bucks or whatever, we'd just say 25 bucks, and he'd and he, pay it. And he'd say, okay, here's 25? Yeah. And what would he do with the, uh, with the underwear? Oh, wait got? a second, so you went into the, where'd you go, the kitchen? No, nah, I, I would go into the bathroom, but my friend Tom did it right in front of him. Wow, so Tom must have got more than you. Yeah, actually, he did. Oh, uh -huh. <laughs> Tom's a gambler. What's uh, Tom yeah, got Tom a big schween? <laughs> Tom have a big schween? Uh, yeah. Yeah, figures. He wants to show it to everybody. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Tom might be gay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so, Howard. Why would he get undressed in front of Uncle Ed just to get more money? Because I, I guess he didn't really uh, he have didn't no care. morals, I guess. Yeah, I guess uh, it's another guy. He had no morals. No this moral. guy's selling his underwear. <laughs> yeah. You got morals, right? <laughs> Tommy had no morals, but he had morals because he went in the bathroom. So was your, so you give him your underpants. You didn't have any stains on it or anything, did you? <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, jeez. How much underwear did you sell? Oh, I only did it three times. <laughs> only oh, three? But yeah, I know I a lot bad. of guys that went over there countless times. And what did they do? Just strip naked? Yeah, so how much did Tommy get for his underpants? Well, like, like I said, it was all different. It was. He, but what did Tommy get the first time? I think the most he ever got out of the guy was seventy-five bucks. Wow. Wow. What did he do for that? Uh, I'm not sure. I wasn't there. <laughs> From what he told me, nothing. Yeah. But you never know, I guess. Now. Me, I, if I found a, a gold mine like that, I'd put on another pair, come back the same night, Robin. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, you know, I'd be like, You'd wear two or three pair the next time. I mean, Mom, can you go buy me some more underwear? I just bought your underwear last week. Just buy me about another 50 packages. Right. I'll tell you, we're going to be able to retire in about three months. <laughs> I was going to say, where'd your mother think your underwear was going? <laughs> Howard, I got a pretty funny story, though. Yeah. He, uh, Tom went over there, and I told, him, told you before, he took a dump for the guy. Yeah. And he never, Where does he, he dump? Like... He didn't want him to do it ever again because it smelled too bad. Oh, <laughs> so you mean oh, Uncle Ed no. said take a dump for me? Yeah, Tom took a dump for him. That's when he got the. Where did he dump? Uh, like on Uncle Ed? No, no, just took a dump. We're right on the floor. Right on the floor. Oh, jeez. Oh. Let me get out of here. And, uh, Pat, Pat's, out. A, Pat, Pat's heart hurts. Open the window. <laughs> he didn't want him to do it anymore. You need a window. So window. Uncle Ed said, "I don't want to do. Oh, I don't want you doing it anymore because you smell." <laughs> yeah. Well, what did Uncle Ed expect? Yeah. That's what I said. I mean, I you know. Who smells good? Oh, yeah. Uncle Ed yeah. could tell us. Robin, you smell good. <laughs> Do you smell good, Robin? I don't smell terrible. Really? I bet you're very delicate in that area. <laughs> oh, I'm serious, though, because her fart didn't even smell. I like <laughs> A little bit.
I'm not offensive. You never smelled that thing. Wasn't that offensive? Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. I don't believe it. I feel abnormal today. It's going to only get worse. It does get worse. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of stuff. There's a whole news agenda we have. Oh. But this is only the first story. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God, I can't believe it. All right, so. Now, what happened to you, dude? Um. I was in a prep school. I'm from down south. I was in prep school outside of Philly, and I used to go with a friend of mine on weekends into Philly. And we were looking for tickets to the Eagles game. This was back in 1971. Right. And so uh, some friends of, of this guy said, well, you can go over to the, to the Queer's house. He's got tickets. Nice. And, I mean, I'm, Christ, I'm only like 14, 15 years old. I don't even care about gay sheets or anything yet. Then you're know, right. like, you know, well, what's the deal? And he goes, well, if you urinate on him and you slam his... Member in the door, you know he, he's got all, all kinds of tickets on money. Slam his member in the door. <laughs> <laughs> Where are well, we going with this show? <laughs> Sounds like this guy should be suing all of you. Jeez, yeah. oh, I can't believe. In a very large prestige too. Right. It, it, it's the same. Almost, uh, it sounds just like this guy in terms of getting there and going inside and everything. And uh, sounds like all the Philadelphia youths knew about it. All the kids in this area. Yeah, it's unbelievable. 1971. This guy's been around all these years. Yeah. And they just and caught him now. Because the kids, hey, he, he never, have a, he he never really, a uh, like, raped anybody or hurt them. He just would buy their underwear oh, and stuff. Well, the thing that scared everybody now is that he has AIDS. Yeah. yeah. That's Otherwise, sick. he'd still be in business. Yeah. That's the sick part. So did you go over and slam his ween in the door? Well, my friend and I went over, and uh, he, he didn't even really give his name. I didn't know him as an uncle or anything. That's when the story came out. I, I just sort of slightly started connecting it, and then... Was he oh, real creepy? Like, yeah, this is definitely the guy. Uh, yeah. So we go over, and he gets in the tub in his bathroom, and uh, yeah, both he, of us urinate on him, and then oh, he says, well, oh, hey, hey, hey. He says, well, okay, one of you's got to you know, slam it in the door, and, uh, and, and my friend you know, Bobby said, all right, I'll do that. And he just, he stood up, you know, got up, stood up, I stood outside and saw him, watched him, he just, boom, shut the door, and then. Of course, it's like a. Uh, it's like you know when you have a dish towel, or something stuck in the door, and you go to shut the bathroom door, it just open back up. Oh God! <laughs> and, uh, Wait a second. Let me get this straight. So after you guys did that, to Uncle Ed in the tub, and he's naked, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they he stands up. He stands up, and he says, "One of you guys got to slam the door on it." Right. He oh, sticks it in the door, geez, and you slam the door, and it oh. slams shut. Oh, I know. I'm, I got a pain. No wonder he's sick. Uh, did Did you? And you slammed it shut. No, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It's just like it, it wouldn't close. Open. Yeah, you know, just like on it. It, it wouldn't it, close. Wait a second. Yeah, yeah. And it popped back open. It popped back open. Was right. it, was he in pain? He didn't even wince. Wow. He didn't what? Even wince. What a special man. <laughs> no, seriously, Robin, that's impossible. Special talent. He had a big sausage though, didn't he? Guy? Oh my God. <laughs> Super. And you didn't feel kind of stupid or, or weird well, when the guy told you, you know, was laying in the tub there? I, it was like a, that whole weekend was an experience. How much did he pay you for doing I, that? I never even seen anything besides Wonder Bread. I mean, I've been to Philadelphia with soft pretzels and raw. I mean, I, I how much? How much did he pay you for doing that? He didn't. He had Eagles tickets. Oh, oh so I they got tickets to the game. Eagles tickets. Well, yeah, Giants tickets. <laughs> and he had a whole stack of them. So, and he asked, he said, well, and he asked me, he said, well, well both of us, how about, you know, underwear, and you got, I got great seats. You got better seats for more stuff. For underwear. And for and underwear. Like, well, I don't wear underwear. You know, it was 1971. I didn't even wear any, you know, any underwear or anything. And right. I didn't have anything to give him. Neither did we. Rob, you didn't wear underwear in 71, did you? Not in 71. You? No. <laughs> it was pretty Nobody quiet. did. Yeah, Pat <laughs> Cooper yeah. didn't wear underwear in 71. I tell you, this is, this is, but, isn't uh, this sick? It's not sick, it's it's peculiar. But I know this is the guy because <laughs> and they said that it had been going on for maybe 20 years. I called my friend who lives in Philly, and he said, that's definitely, he said, that's a guy. And he was known in the neighborhood as the queer? Just, just these guys on the corner. 
or did you feel kind of gay doing all this stuff? You. Did you feel kind of gay though, like being with a guy in a tub? Oh, and a... You know, maybe it was different then, or maybe I'm, I'm, I'm no, I definitely was naive. I mean, right. naive to we on a guy that's naive? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> well. That's not naive. <laughs> that's sick in the brains. Wow. Uh, how much did you get again? The, the, that's all you got was the tickets? The two Eagles tickets, yeah. Wow. Two Eagles tickets, Alex. you're going to wee on a guy. How come you guys only went there once? Like, I, I figured, you, well, you went three times, right, dude? Right. You make it a career. Yeah, I'd make it a career. I would go back today. I'll tell you how, I was at the uh, NCAAs trying to scout tickets, and I started laughing myself, thinking, I wonder where Uncle Ed is. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's NCAA. He's in jail. He's got a lot of prisons going to work <laughs> on him. Yeah, Uncle Ed, man, he, you could slam a door on his weenus. Oh, he wouldn't his... flinch. Jesus. How is that possible? Howard, he was at least 10 inches. He was wow. huge. I don't care if he's four inches. How do you slam on your gagutsa there? How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, how do you slam on your gagutsa? <laughs> if you will. Did the guy, did he just like kind of push, you know how you can like slowly push God, a door? Did she slam it? Just you know how the door closes, most bathroom doors close from the inside. He stood inside the bathroom with his his member, you know, in the, in the door facing, and it was like, uh, at the time, I don't. I wasn't even looking that close at it, but it had to have some kind of erection. And then my friend reached in from the inside and just boom, just shut it, and you could, Jeez. you know, see it was it was in there. Wow, that's and boom, amazing! It, it just popped back open. Uh, well, there he is, Uncle Ed, Robin. Uh, yeah, bad. that is the uh, unbelievable truth behind the story. Amazing! You, you're going to get a Pulitzer for this. We uncovered more than I expected. You know, when you first introduced the Uncle Ed story on the air, I said I, said I wanted to know more about this. Yes, and uh, you've not, you are for a Pulitzer. Do you know that? <laughs> Howard, why don't you do a skit on a TV show? With you guys. I'll get in a tub. I'll be Uncle Ed. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are... I'm game. We'll, we'll do a reenactment. I'm game. You game too, dude? Yeah, yeah game. sure. You smell yeah. like game. You smell like... Hey, why don't we have these guys on? And you can do your sitcom. And I'll say, hey, no, but, but, no maybe we don't have time to write a sitcom, but we oh, can have them on and week. say, here's two guys who encountered Uncle Ed. Yeah. And uh, they want to reenact uh, sort of what happened. And we do, like, one of those dramatizations. From, like, a current affair? Yeah, like, black and white with, like, fuzzy lenses and stuff. Yeah, we'll need that, because I, I, I got a restaurant now, Howard, on the Jersey Shore. I'd kind of like to be in fuzz face or something. Well, I could put you in, like, a, a Oh, that's mask. funny. We could do the blocks? Yeah, I wouldn't. Actually, I'd, I'd probably want the same thing, Howard. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> I don't that's have a restaurant great. or anything, but... No, we'll uh, put underwears over your face. Hey, yeah, we'll put underwear over your head. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Hey, Pat. <laughs> Hey, Pat, you want to ride on our show? Oh, I'd love to ride it. It's an opening. <laughs> I want to be, be Marlene's assistant. Look, if you are, just fired Fred. I want to learn from the genius. All right, Fred, that's it. You're out. That's fine. <laughs> you should have come up with that, Fred. God, is this a great story. This is, this is, this is going to be... I'm going to get a tape of this show. I don't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it myself. <laughs> great. This is great. It's pretty wild. It's pretty oh, wild. Gosh. Wait, we have another call here on the phone from a guy who was with Uncle Ed. Oh, they're coming out of the woodwork now. Uh-oh. Oh, sure. Well, he was in business for over 20 years. All right, what is your story, sir? Hey, Howard? Yeah? Yeah, I, I just wanted to call in. Uh, it was about 1975 or so. Uh, I, I went over to Uncle Ed's. Yeah? What happened to you? Uh, well, you know, he had me do that uh, thing with the erection in the door, but then, then he asked me, you know, if, if, I, if he gave me $50... If I could throw up in his mouth. Throw up in his mouth? Yeah. Throw up in Uncle Ed's mouth? Fred, give yeah. me that megaphone. Give me that. That's disgusting. He had to eat chili. After you eat chili. Yeah. Add some chili with some extra cheese. Wow. Hey, dudes. Dudes. It was foaming. We'll cover your heads in underwear and we'll do it. All right. I'm into it if you guys are. Sure. I'm game. Yep. Yeah. All right.